We are gathered here today to bask in mustachioed greatness. But not just any old Joe Blow Blow Pop with a mustache. No. We're going to be talking about the mustaches that have graced the silver screen and sometimes our direct-to-video television screens. And the men behind all that multi-bristled magic. That's what this is about. And don't think we are just going to feature lead actors with mustaches. If there's a guy with a dope mustache who has one scene in a movie, we're going to talk about it. Why? Because this is my show and I make the rules and, you know, that's just the way it goes. I'm not limping into this show like a chump either. No, sir. We are kicking this off with one of the legends. Today I'm talking about Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. Starring Charles Effing Bronson. This is Daniel Segura. Now play that dumb theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast. I know what you're asking. Why Death Wish for the Crackdown? Well, it's probably the installment I've seen the least amount of times uh, than any of the other Death Wish movies. Plus, it's Death Death Wish for the Crackdown. Like, that shit is badass. It sounds awesome. You know, it's just a perfect title for it. The theatrical poster has a salt and pepper haired 60-something-year-old Bronson in a leather jacket. He's holding a freaking semi-automatic rifle on his shoulder with what looks like teenagers in the background looking around him like they're kind of looking at him like oh crap what is he gonna do now like it's just a dope poster a dope movie title i don't know why i haven't seen this installment that much i don't know if it's just not around as much i don't think i own this one on on any type of physical media i own a few of the death wishes i don't own that one so that one's gonna that's gonna have to be my next purchase pretty soon be nice to have that on Laserdisc if it's around. I'm a weirdo about Laserdisc. It's just like, I don't know. I just I think I just like the giant disc. Anyway, this is going to be the movie breakdown portion of the show coming up. If there's a theme song for it, it'll play here. Movie breakdown. So we kick off, we're in L.A., and personally, I like Bronson in New York better. For some reason. I don't know. He just looks better in a winter coat. I don't know. And there's no freaking... There's no real weather in in L.A. Well, there is weather, but it's just always the freaking same. Um, you know, so there's not a lot of opportunities for him to be wearing a bunch of jackets and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. He, he, he still, you know, he still makes it work. And you know it's going to be a good start because you got that sexy action thriller sax music happening in the beginning. You see a woman walking for like a mile in the darkest parking garage imaginable. It's insane. And you're just like, okay, so something horrible is going to happen. We're in a dark parking garage. It kind of made me think of like, I, I watch a lot of those like paranormal videos and stuff on, on YouTube. And there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in parking garages. I don't know what's up with that. But it. so I already kind of felt like a feel like a, I felt like a supernatural feeling type of thing was going on. Even though that's not, I'm sure that's not what they were trying to, that's not what they were trying to do, but it just felt that way. So she gets into her car, you know, the camera angle shows the BMW, BMW logo. She starts trying to turn the engine over and it's just like, that's not starting. I'm like, that's great for BMW. Good job. I, I'm sure they weren't happy to see that. She looks up all of a sudden you see a ghost thug. That's what I'm going to call it a ghost thug because this dude comes out of nowhere. She looks down for one second. She looks up again. There's another ghost thug. She looks down one more time because she's starting to get nervous. She looks up again. Guess what? Ghost thug. The next thing you know, you have three ghost thugs and they're just staring at her and it's just really awkward. Next thing you know, bam, windows are cracking. They're just slamming out the windows. They're trying to get her out of the car. She's freaking the hell out, of course. They pull her out of the car. And what's happening is what normally happens in a Death Wish movie at some point. Bronson's rape radar goes off. He knows something's a muck. So they're 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 beating her up and then um they notice that he's just standing there, just the silhouette of Bronson in a leather jacket, just being cool as a cucumber. 
and uh the, one of the guys the guys are wearing those like little like pantyhose things over the face which i don't I, it doesn't really change that much like i could still describe how you look with that it just looks like you're pressing your face against a window but i don't know i guess that was a a big shtick in the you know that's always been a big shtick in movies so anyway so the main thug sees bronson and he's like who the fuck are you you know I don't really do a good Bronson impression or anything like that, but basically he says, "Who the fuck are you?" And then Bronson just goes, "Death," you know. Like that's not a good impression, but whatever. I'll insert a good impression if I can find one. I, I, you know, I have a few friends that do some good impressions of him. Bronson just starts blowing these dudes away like a badass. He, he's got this one last thug. He's just kind of limping like a gazelle. He's been attacked. And, uh, you know, it feels like a little drawn out, but it, it get, you know, it gets there eventually. Bronson shoots him. Dude falls on his stomach. Bronson flips him over. Holy crap, it's Bronson. Like, he's looking at himself. Next thing you know, he wakes up, and it, it's it's like a face you would make if you, you know, you're laying in bed. You feel like you're okay, but you just kind of kind of toot, and then you do, and it's a shart, and you just go like, oh, shit. Basically, the face he makes is a little sweaty. So he's having nightmares of being a badass. Like, I don't see why he's freaking out. Anyway. Next thing you know, we're at his job, and he's still doing his architect thing. Girl Erica comes in. We find out that's his girlfriend's daughter. She wants to be an architect, too, apparently, which feels very convenient. He looks at her blueprints. He's like, yeah, it's, it's not great, but, uh, you know, keep trying. And next thing you know, he starts kind of getting, you know, because Bronson doesn't only have a rape radar. He also has, like, a are-you-on-drugs radar. He notices she's being kind of weird, you know. He's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm good, I'm good. I'm not doing anything. And she's, like, rubbing her nose. Um, next thing you know, they're back at, at the house. I guess this is after work. And uh, him and his girlfriend, Karen, the mother of Erica, um, is they're getting ready to go to a movie. And, and this thing happens that I kind of feel I am guilty of doing when I was a teenager. Even though this guy doesn't look like a teenager. He looks like he's, like, 25 or something, maybe even 30. And he pulls up in his like com yellow Camaro, IROC Z or whatever they they call those, and you know just engine blaring. He just honks. He doesn't even bother knocking on the door and like picking her up or anything like that. I was guilty of that. Like I think I did that twice. And my my girlfriend was like, "Hey, could you like knock on the door? Because it's a little rude." And now that I think about it, it was horribly rude. So yeah, don't do that. It's just bad. Anyway, so this guy does that crap, and Bronson looks out the window when he picks her up. He notices that they're, like, smoking something. I couldn't tell what they were smoking, but they were smoking. He's like, I don't trust this guy, you know, his, his radar's going off as well. So then the couples arrive at the arcade, and, and you're going to get really familiar with this arcade. I'm not kidding. So then they get, we, we cut back to Bronson. When they're in the arcade, like, I, you know, they're, they're kind of, like, talking to each other, and I think, I think maybe, um, uh, Karen gets some some drugs from uh, some dude, and uh, they they cut back over to to Bronson's house, and he's like, you know, we're gonna watch a two hour movie and go out to the movies. I'm like, gosh, dang, that's a long ass freaking movie. But then I look and see how long this movie is, and it's almost two hours as well. I was like, oh great, that's that's awesome. I'm gonna be excited about this. But you know what? It's not a. I'd like to. I think they could have definitely cut some stuff, but um, it doesn't feel super duper long. So anyway, um, uh, Bronson and Karen go through that little relationship talk, and it's kind of funny because she's like, hey, we've been going out for two years. You know, I think it's time. And I love it because Bronson's kind of quiet. And he's just very, like, you know, kind of sly, and he's just like, so you want a commitment? <laughs> you know, but Bronson knows damn well she's going to be going at any time soon. He knows how the other movies went. The next thing you know, the phone rings. Oh, crap. Erica's dying from an overdose. Like she just, We just literally saw her buy some cocaine, and boom, she's died of an overdose. Bronson and, and, uh, and Karen head out to the hospital. It's really weird, too, because they get to the hospital. They have Dr. Mullet. I'm just going to call him Dr. Mullet, kind of explaining what's going on. And then, and then he goes into the hospital room where they're working on, on Erica, and there's like a nurse like straight up straddling her, like just like straddling her. And like giving her CPR, I'm like, is that is that a thing? I get I get like the angle you know, to get the right angle. I just it was different. It was weird. I just never seen that before. Anyway, so Erica dies, you know, and that's just before like you know when they were having the relationship talk. Bronson was like, I see her like a daughter, you know. And um, again, that's not how he sounds, but whatever. And uh, so she ends up dying, and uh, everyone's hurt, and you know, Bronson has like an extra little 
bit of purpose to to get back into his uh, vigilanteism. Is that how you say it? Vigilanteism? Felt weird coming out of my mouth. Uh, so Bronson's pissed. He uh, stalks the the forty year old forty um, <laughs> year old teenager in that yellow Camaro that was last seen with Erica. He we end up back in the arcade, baby. And uh, the boyfriend uh, is confronting that dealer that gave Erica those those heavy drugs, man. And you know they're they're arguing and arguing, and and he's getting all pissed off. He's freaking out, you know. And he makes this this mistake and i don't understand this he, he's talking to the drug dealer he's like you know what man i'm pissed i'm gonna talk to the cops i, I know things i'm gonna tell them everything i know yeah tell that to the the drug dealer yeah tell him that before you go and do it you can't just like you know be like yeah that's fucked up that she you know she just took some heavy drugs and she died and play it cool and then go tell the cops so anyway one of the best scenes here happens when uh the the drug dealer the drug dealer kind of I think he just sort of gets him uh, in. No, I think it's one of those kind of police shank situations. And he just kind of pulls him in and stabs him in the freaking stomach. And uh, he gives that uh, classic line of kiss your white ass goodbye, my man. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I'll, I don't know if I'll ever get to say that, but uh, it just seems like a fun line to say. Um, At least for that guy, that movie. Um, so then uh, Bronson comes into the scene and uh, they start having a little firefight. Chases uh, the drug dealer up to the building where and this is still around the arcade. So there's like stuff happening. There's a freaking bumper cars going on. Bronson blows his dude in the chest. He freaking flies off. He bumps. He jumps. Um, he flies into the top of the cage of the bumper cars and he gets all electrocuted. It's very like Friday the Thirteenth way of dying, which I really like because um, you'll notice a pattern in this bronson movie like there's some unconventional deaths you have your regular deaths that normally come with it but there's actually some unconventional ones that i thought were kind of uh entertaining so anyway then there's a stupid scene with the detectives we get introduced to the useless detectives for this movie um which oh god every scene with them is just rough for me uh but you know what that's that's the death wish series you know it's always made up of cops that are just kind of jackasses and or they sympathize it's like one of the two so bronson gets a call from uh, simon gruber type of guy <laughs> and um he wants to meet with him and he says that uh he knows his entire backstory he knows all about him blah 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 i want to meet you so anyway so bronson go ahead and and he goes ahead and he accepts it he gets he goes into this mansion and and he's like announced like i mean i've never been announced i want to be announced like that he's just like "Mm, paul kersey enters the room and so it turns out this guy he says his name is nathan white so this is the simon gruber guy i'm gonna just call him rich white (laughs) because i just felt like it fit the character better Turns out he apparently owns a newspaper, and uh, so then we just, you know, we just have two wealthy, you know, two wealthy guys talking to the mansion, just talking it up. So Rich White talks to him about the loss of his daughter that he lost um, from drugs. Uh, this is a big, like, 80s, like, oh, drugs are bad, you know, situation uh, in this movie. It's just, it's perfectly reflected in this movie. You get that underlying message and uh so his daughter apparently died from cocaine and he he wants to hire bronson to basically knock out all those from the pushers to the fat cats is what he says he wants them to fund this effort bronson says he'll think about it but you can kind of see a little twinkle in his eye he's like oh yeah yeah let's do this and so then you got your funeral scene which has to come when somebody dies and uh um the director really wants us to know that working moms raise shitty kids in this scene aaron's like i was just so focused on work i didn't realize she was you know doing blow and um bronson's like you can't you know you gotta blame the drugs that has nothing to do with you being a shitty parent and he even says something like you're a writer write about it you know <laughs> you know bronson keeps it simple that's what i like about it. he's like you're a writer write about it do something like you know send out the message about how bad drugs are so that encourages Karen to want to do a story about it. She has like an arc that I, she like literally disappears for like, you know, she's gone for like 50 minutes at some point. But anyway, so we have like Karen is inspired to, to write a story about um, how bad drugs are. And uh, and she actually goes and I think talks to her like her probably her editor in chief or something. And he's like, everybody uses drugs nowadays. It's the it's the American way of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess um, 
you know, that's that's uh, sad but true. So, um, you know, every time, whenever you get a project like that, you're like, man, you know, I'm going to write about drugs. I'm going to write about how bad, how bad drugs are, what they're doing to this nation. The first thing you do as a writer is you go look at dead bodies. That's what you do. That you got to be inspired by the death. I mean, apparently that's what Karen does. She goes to the morgue to go see bodies that have just recently been thrown in the freezer that have been, you know, that have died because of like different drug complications. One guy I think was smoking a crack pipe and it blew up in his face. He kind of looks Freddy Krueger-ish. Another guy kind of looks like a discount um, Johnny Depp a little bit. I forgot how he died, probably like an OD or something. And there's two other bodies. I think she looks at four bodies. And then she's like, these are all children. It was kind of like watching a really dark, hardcore, anti-drug commercial. But anyway, so we go on from there. And we're back at the arcade once again. Uh, Karen shows some cash to a guy uh, who's, a, I guess, a drug dealer. He's definitely like a drug pusher kind of dude. And uh, she basically tells him, I just want I just want some information. He's like, they walk into the street and he gets really mad at this guy who almost hits him in the car, like with his car. And I'm like, well, don't walk in the street. Like, have you ever been to like certain parts of New Orleans, like especially in the French Quarter and people just walk in the street? I'm like, I get it. There's a lot of people here, but it doesn't mean that the cars aren't going to be coming through, right? Anyway, it's just a pet peeve of mine. And so... <laughs> So anyway, so she's talking to this guy and he's like, basically like, well, you know, you're going to need some more money if you want some information. And I guess the scene cuts there. Who cares? So we're back at Rich White's house, kind of giving Bronson the, the, I don't know what you call it. Was it the, not the 210? That's the area code of San Antonio. <laughs> 310? 410? What is it when the 101? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, he's giving him like um, crime syndicate one hundred and one. That's that's what he's giving him. So Rich White tells him about these two major drug organizations in L.A. Uh, one is headed by a man, uh, Ed Zacharias, um, who I'm just going to call Eyebrows, and then the second organization is led by Jack and Tony Romero. I'm just going to call them Romero brothers, the younger and the older one. So uh, Rich White gives Bronson files on all the gangs. And Bronson says he needs weapons. And Rich White, of course, is like, yeah, bro, I got you. So then um, we actually, this is actually when I realized that this was, um, that the detective, so there's those two detectives that are working on the recent murders between the the gangs or whatever the the drugs the drug organizations and i realized that that's actually i i may pronounce this wrong but it's soon tech oh um I'm, that's probably super wrong damn anyway i remember him in missing in action too and i actually really like him in missing in action too um but in this movie he makes me absolutely uncomfortable. Like he constantly kind of has this shit grin on his face every time he's acting. It's weird. Like you can tell something's not right with him. And, you know, it's just something like, I don't know. It's like he already knew about the movie. <laughs> and so he's just like, I can't wait for my turn of, you know, character. I'm not trying to do an Asian accent. I don't know what that was. It was supposed to be like a little bad guy. Like, I might, I'll probably cut that out. Um, so anyway, so they, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, the cops, the two detectives confront Bronson and, you know, good old Chuck, he does a little ring around the rosy, just kind of the routine with the cops, you know, he's like, yeah, I was here. I was there, whatever. And, uh, then all of a sudden Bronson is, you know, he wants to really look like he's focusing on his work. He puts on the biggest freaking reading glasses I've ever seen in my life. Like the bottom frame goes down to like his mouth and the top frame is like his hairline. Like it's just giant. It's kind of like the glasses that the, God dang it, the Rocco, Rocco Modern Life, the turtle character. I feel so ashamed of myself that I can't remember that character's name, but it's just huge glasses, cartoony. So anyway, that's the only thing I got from that scene. <laughs> but this is one of those uh, scenes where the cops are like kind of getting suspicious about Bronson possibly being the dude. Um, and so he kind of just talks them to get out of there. So now we got, now we get to eyebrows, um, uh, party. It's his birthday party. And, uh, it's weird how we're introduced to him because, 
you, it's an up top shot. You just see the top of his head. Well, you can see him a little bit, but it's like just like a crane shot, and you see all his friends around him. They bring in the cake, but you can't really see the cake, so you don't know what he's reacting to. But he gets super like kind of excited. He's like, ah, oh, man, like, go, oh, and he starts like punching his friends. You're just like, what the fuck is going on they just brought you a cake why are you punching your friends but then you see it's a cake that's kind of pervy it's like a nude girl with um with like candles on the boobies and just candles are very they're very um scandally placed oh you like that so anyway so that's all lit up and uh he tries to blow all the candles out but one of them doesn't blow out so then to be like to flex he just eats up white and pink little candle and <laughs> extinguishes it in his mouth while he eats the candle i'm like good job buddy good job you're a really strong drug man so then um after that he ends up um he ends up running into the romeros apparently he invited them and uh you oh actually just before that that's when we see bronson bronson's like the pretender you remember that show in the 90s the pretender is like this dude who's just like a genius he just can pick up whatever job for some reason bronson's just able to get jobs to do like his secret agent work so he's he's pretending to be a server at this party and this is when you get your first quick glimpse at danny trejos in this movie freaking legend you best bet we're doing a danny trejo movie at some point but you see like a quick glimpse I, and at first i didn't notice that i was like wait was that danny trejo? i rewinded i was like that was him and he actually is in the following scene walking along with eyebrows and um he doesn't really say much in that first scene uh, i think eyebrows just hands him his cake because you don't want to he sees the romero brothers coming through and you know you don't want to go introduce yourself to your rivals holding a little you know baby plate of cake this is you know it's not thug life so he gives it to danny trejo and then gives it to some lady <laughs> it's such a weird exchange i don't know anyway it just you just could have put a trash can right there you just could have thrown it away whatever anyway so he goes up and he's talking to the to the romero brothers one romero brother seems really like peaceful and it's like hey yeah man you got your territory i got my territory like we're doing all right but the other romero brother like yeah you know he's definitely doing the product because he just seems super hype and super like paranoid um and he's even like kind of eyebrows is kind of poking at the young one he says some kind of joke that obviously pisses him off so then uh so bronson's doing his best secret agent routine um and he's in he's in like a meeting room and he's he's bugging the phones you know he's planting bugs in the phones while at the same time eyebrows is walking with romero's with the romero brothers because he wants to talk to them in private and uh bronson sees them coming through and he he kind of like darts off to the shitter that's in that same room and eyebrow says he doesn't want trouble to start up again you know they're not looking in and the the brothers are well especially the older brothers like we're not looking for any trouble and all of a sudden like two, because you know eyebrows is like what happened man like this guy got shot up like we lost two guys and you know I better not have been y'all. So that's that's basically what's happening with eyebrows. He's getting paranoid about why two of his guys just randomly got capped. So then these two more random dudes walk in. And Bronson's just kind of peeking out the shitter, you know. And uh, apparently one of them's name is Vincent. And eyebrows tells uh, this dude Vincent that he had talked to Alex and that the shipment was late. And it turns out Vincent was skimming off the top. And you know how that goes. Eyebrows got to take care of him. So eyebrows does his quick little wah And he just like sneak attacks him and shanks him prison style he's just flexing you know he's he, he knew this was gonna happen you know he brought in the romero boys so that way they'd be like oh shit like you know and 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 he kind of he kind of points to that because eyebrows tells the romero boys like let's see man i don't like things you know I, I don't like things messing up you know i like things staying staying good uh, he doesn't say like that i don't remember what the hell he says but anyway they hear the door close and uh and I was really hoping that they would open the bathroom door and Bronson would just be pretending to be like actually taking a crap. <laughs> I just thought that would be so funny. He's just like, what? But that's not what happens. He's like just pretending to wash his hands. So they bring him out and Bronson gives him some fake name. I forget what he says his name is. I think it's Leo. And uh, Eyebrows gives his henchman, uh, Eyebrows like asks him some questions and stuff. And then he's like, and Bronson's like, I won't say anything. Like, I didn't see a thing, you know. But then uh, Eyebrows tells him to go ahead and take this dead body of Vincent out to the, you know, whatever, to a trunk. 
and he and eyebrows gives his henchman this look like go ahead and take care of him do i would always i would love not not to give people the signal to kill other people but i just wish i had that kind of connection with with like with my organization i could just give him like a look like yeah go give me coffee anyway so <laughs> i'll probably cut that out and so um bronson kind of notices that the henchman looks at and uh eyebrows a certain way so he has an idea of what might happen so they get to the car and and bronson's ready as soon as as soon as the henchman starts getting out his gun bronson turns around and wapatas him with a freaking tire iron i think he just knocks him out i don't think this guy actually dies but then you get to see a 60 something year old bronson try to run out of the bar out of the little garage down the road and it's just oh man like he looks it's weird like he's running hard but it's not happening fast um you know, at least I didn't try to like speed it up there because that would have been even more embarrassing. Just let him try to run. Bronson's looking over the dossier for dossier for um is that a dossier? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. And he's looking at um Eyebrows' main like enforcer dudes, right? And then they apparently they like Italian food, so Bronson does the next logical thing by implanting a bomb in like fancy wine bottles. And he walks into this Italian restaurant that they frequent. And this includes Danny Trejos in this group of like I think three. And um he's showing the bartender at this Italian restaurant this wine and the bartender's like, he really talked this up, but it's it's not bad. And uh Bronson's like, Well, let me go see if your clientele likes it. And he's like, oh, I don't think you should do that. But Bronson does anyway, and he goes up. And really, his plan was to just drop it off and be like, hey, try this, let me know what you think, and walk away. But, of course, Danny Trejo recognizes him. And he's like, hey, man, I recognize you. So he he put, he brings down Bronson. And, and Bronson's like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I need to get the fuck out of this table. But they start asking him questions, and like Trejo's like, yeah, I recognize you from San Francisco, man. And he's like, no, I'm, I think he says, like, something else from Idaho. Like, he's like just mumbling his way through this conversation. Next thing you know, he just like throws, <laughs> he just throws water in Trejo's face. And he's like, oh, shit, like, what are you doing? And he just takes off running. And next thing you know, like, within, I want to say for, like, 1.5 seconds, all the gangsters at the table turn into, like, Muppet versions of themselves. And then this, like, N64 fire effect just engulfs the screen. It's it's magical, man. I've never seen anything like this. It's so weird. Um. Anyway, so this bomb goes off and blows everybody away. And Bronson's like, oh, man, that was a close one. He's been running a lot, so I'm sure he's feeling the burn. So Eyebrows is pissed off. Um, Bronson's listening in because he's got the, you know, he's got a bug in there. And he's asking, uh, Eyebrows is asking his right-hand man. I, I don't think I ever learned this guy's name, but um, if you want the definitive version of this movie, you want to learn about all the characters and their backgrounds and their names, you can listen to the Grindbin version. I don't think they've done this movie, but they'll probably do it in the summer for summer sequel or at some point so listen to that one if you actually want to learn about the movie anyway so uh love that show by the way they've actually let me be on there a couple times actually more than a couple so eyebrows is piss and uh bronson's listening in and uh eyebrows asks his right hand man to figure out what the hell is going on and uh back with bronson hearing uh rich white's voice <laughs> so so we go so after that we go to a scene where bronson's totally hearing he's just like hearing rich white's voice in his head and uh rich white's explaining to him um like kind of looking at the next mark and he's explaining to him that this next mark works he goes to a video rental store to do all his like dirty work in the back of the store and uh so we got arcades we got video rental stores like this is a, i love this movie it's the good old days and so Bronson walks into this video rental store. He easily walks into the back door. No exchanges. No one notices him. I guess because he looks so old, people are just like, eh, he just doesn't know what he's doing. So he gets through the back door. And he's there. <laughs> you know, He's feeling really cocky for this one, too. Because not only does he take care of this target that he needed to take care of, he gives him like a full-blown speech first. Like, you know, like... What about the kids that have died from these drugs and this and that? And the guy's like, man, I'm just trying to make a living here. This is what I do. And he just starts throwing the sacks of cocaine at this guy's face. And the guy stands up. Next thing you know, he has a silencer. He blows that dude away. He kills like three or four other dudes inside the area where they were getting all the drugs organized and stuff. 
It's 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 a weird scene. It's like they really had to like charge up Bronson to kind of try to get passionate about this. So then that scene ends, and there's more cop stuff. Who cares? And uh, the younger Romero, hot-headed, thinking about you know thinking eyebrows killed his own dudes and the Romero's dudes because these these were the Romero's dudes at the video uh, rental store. He's like, man. He's willing to kill his own dudes and our dudes to try to like make it look like he's not in on this, you know, and uh, and so he's paranoid as hell. And then again, Bronson's hearing hearing Rich White in his head, and he and Rich White tells him about Frank Boggs. Um, this is when we're introduced to the great Frank Boggs. I actually kind of wish this guy was in the movie more, um, but apparently, <laughs> I really like how Rich White uh, talks about Frank Bo- <laughs> Frank Boggs's character. He says something like, um, most people don't know that he's a trained baritone voice and is a, quote, upwardly mobile super achiever and lives in a condo on Wilshire Boulevard. You know what? I live for the day when somebody says that, you know, Daniel Segura, he's one of those upwardly mobile super achievers. You know about him? That's not going to happen, but it just would be dope if it did. And so basically, Bronson needs to go up to that apartment and bug his phone now because there's going to be some good leads that comes from from Boggs. And um, so we're introduced to Boggs and his girlfriend, who is just like being super duper rude to her, not even doing anything. But he's, and she has kind of like a southern accent, and uh, and so they're just kind of like fighting back and forth. I think at some point he calls her a giant rooster, which makes no freaking sense. Uh, then there's some more cop shit. Who cares? And then um, more Boggs and his girlfriend barking at each other. Basically, the cops are outside scoping the place. And then um, Boggs forgets his ticket, so he has to go back up to the apartment. But guess what? Bronson's already making himself at home. He's, like, chilling out on the couch trying to bug the phone. Like, he's not even urgent about it. I'm surprised he didn't turn the TV on. And so then Boggs comes in, and, you know, Bronson's, like, kind of trying to hide. But then it's it's an apartment, so it's not that hard you know for box to find what's going on so he sees bronson there's an exchange here i want to say oh gosh what is it that said i really should take better notes i think box is like um like what the hell are you doing here and then bronson's just like i was making a sandwich <laughs> and bronson just slams down the 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 oven door and i guess it's boggs in the crotch so we get a crotch hit in this i think it might be the only crotch hit but um boggs goes down and bronson oh poor guy you know he's trying to get to the door to get out of there but he's not fast enough boggs catches him and you got like a little back and forth well actually boggs at first just it, it's honestly kind of hard to watch you're just watching this old man get his ass whooped he's just like gets kicked in the stomach four times bronson's able to kind of get his footing i think he he kicks him or something and boggs hits his head inside um the largest remember when widescreen tvs were just like freaking giant refrigerator sized things he rams his head into that screen and so boggs is already like i guess in a video game he would be flashing red like he just needs one solid hit and boggs is down so he's kind of you know dizzy and stuff and bronson just smacks him in the back like wrestling move with a chair and apparently it didn't look like that hard of a hit but it was hard enough to make this what looks like a 300 pound man like he hits boggs in the in the back of the in the he just basically hits him in the back and boggs takes like 20 steps forward runs through the through the the sliding glass door and falls off the balcony and of course you know he lands on the top of the car where his girlfriend was just like talking shit about him like right at that moment she even says something that's fitting with the situation but i don't care and uh so she's freaking out and this and that the cops are freaking out bronson's trying to get the hell out of there he ends up kind of walking out and uh nozaki who's the he's the guy from from missing in action too he's hanging out there and he sees bronson walk out and he's like oh that's this dude's walking out and he kind of tracks him and uh, and it was weird because then when his when his partner comes out and he's like hey did you see anybody nozaki's like nah i didn't see anything and so uh we're like at first i was like oh maybe we're gonna have another another detective who's like um i guess who's okay with him doing that and he's like you know was following I guess kind of just sitting back and letting Bronson do his thing, but I wasn't sure. And so then next thing you know, Bronson's at a movie theater and he's walking to the movie theater and, you know, he actually sits right next to um, Pee Wee Herman 
No, no. Yeah, he meets. Of course, he's meeting with with Rich White, you know. And so Rich White's there, and he's uh, telling him some more insider shit, and which leads Bronson to a dock where apparently the raw cocaine is brought in from South America. It's like a fish processing plant. Oh, this is like a video game. And so Bronson, once again, he pretends to be a fish processor. <laughs> I like, I like to think that Bronson just has like a college, uh, a, a closet of like different jobs, like different job uniforms. He's got like a trash man uniform. He's got a McDonald's worker uniform. Like he's just got them all ready for his special agent work. Anyway, so he's now a, a fish, you know, factory worker guy. And he's walking around. Basically, his job is he needs to find out where they're doing all this. It's like on the second floor of the of the factory where they're doing all this, and uh, he need it's going to be difficult. You know, it's, it's guarded and stuff. Pretty much right away, a manager notices him, like because he looks suspicious as hell. Um, he's down, I think he's the only white guy that's <laughs> working with the fish. So he's like he's already noticeable. He's got his mustache. Uh, and so the, this like floor manager or something notices him. He's like, Hey man, where are you going? Like, are you lost or what's up? And so Bronson just, I think Bronson just knocks him out. Yeah, he just kind of puts him out of commission. And then he opens Bronson this whole time is walking with a lunchbox, which I guess is part of the costume. He opens the lunchbox and he has like an Uzi or something in there. This factory kind of reminds me of that RoboCop one, uh, the, in that scene where, um, What's his name? Oh, crap. I can't think of his name. Uh, Clarence Boniger. And he's like, guns, guns, guns. Like that part. It, it kind of gives that same vibe. So anyway, uh, Bronson busts out that, that Uzi from his lunchbox, which is great. And then he gets to the next level. This feels very much like a video game. It's fantastic. And uh, he he sees that they're uh, taking the raw cocaine out of like giant dead fish. <laughs> And Bronson gets spotted right away, kills this dude uh, that spots him. He opens the doors to the area where they're getting all the cocaine, uh, the raw cocaine out of the dead fish, and he just like sprays the area, just sprays the area, kills a bunch of dudes, throws a bomb in there. And I think one of the best parts of this scene, this is not really a great scene, action-wise. It's just a lot of like stuff blowing up and bullets and stuff. But definitely the best part is uh while all this is going on you hear this guy on the intercom and it sounds like a radio dj and he's like he's kind of saying like hey um whoever can kill this guy we'll give you a thousand dollars this guy's crazy and it just sounds so much like it just didn't sound serious like it didn't sound like he was freaking out it sounded like a promotional contest <laughs> Um, so I, that, that cracked me up. So then more bomb stuff happens and Bronson just lays down and takes a breather for a bit while people don't hit him with bullets. And then he doesn't have any more bullets in his gun. So he just starts pushing stuff over. He just like runs forward and pushes things. (laughs) I don't know how this helps with getting out of a tight spot, but he just like, he pushes some carts, then he pushes some chairs. Then he pushes a cart and like in between, maybe a guy pops out of nowhere and he just kind of punches him with his gun. Like he just hits him with the butt of the gun or something. Oh gosh. It's just so bad. This is like one of those moments you're like, yeah, he's, he's getting up there. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still awesome as hell, but yeah. Could have used like a companion or something like some kind of like, you know, maybe like a ninja anyway. So he gets out of there alive somehow. And, uh, it turns out that we. This is around the time where we find out that Nozaki's actually working for Eyebrows, and uh, I knew not to trust that damn smirk. Never trust someone that just like has a a grin like that. Anyway, uh, so then we cut to. So basically, Eyebrows tells him like you got to kill Bronson, and he kind of doesn't want to do it, but he basically says you got to do it because he's probably you know he's on the payroll. So then all of a sudden we cut to Bronson's work and I uh, see a lady that kind of looks like a George Michael uh, leave the office and then Nozaki just enters. You know, he's smirking like, now he's smirking like at a 100% level. Like this guy looks like he knows something and that nobody knows. And he's obviously there to mess up 
um to to to, to mess up Bronson because he's got his like he's like putting on his silencer and he's like asking him like who he's working for like if he could just tell him who he's working for he'll let him live or something like that and so then uh he even tells Bronson he's like I can be I can be very nasty if I want to be and Bronson just like because Bronson's behind his desk just kind of hanging out and I don't know if he's in front of a computer or not but you can't see you know pretty much you can't see anything beneath his head it's like a giant ass cubicle desk and so he shoots nizaki through the desk right in the chest and it must have been one hell of a gun because nizaki just like freaking flies like seven feet dying and uh that that's where you get a classic uh a little one-liner from bronson because he's like i can be very nasty if i want to be bronson shoots him and he's like so can i so once again horrible impression so that's a nice exchange there uh <laughs> more cop stuff who cares then this uh this th- but this exchange is a little better the lieutenant's letting nozaki's partner know that they found his dead body somewhere and the eyebrows is uh remembering that nozaki said that it was somebody other than the romero's doing all this so nozaki's partner wants now nozaki's partner wants to get bronson so all this is happening at the same time eyebrows thinks that they're being set up so they decide to meet at the oil fields um, which is a neutral territory. He decides he wants to meet up with uh, the uh, Romero brothers. And they just kind of want to make sure things stay state. Nothing's going crazy. And so the meeting takes place. Always good to meet in the oil fields. It's a perfect neutral spot. Uh, <laughs> so so the dudes arrive in all their limos. And then they're, they're in their best 80s suits, which is awesome. Bronson's just kind of standing by with that dang semi-automatic rifle you know in his hands uh from the poster it's becoming obvious that the younger romero brother is like on full tilt roid rage uh you can just see it in his face you know all of a sudden they're going going back and forth all of a sudden the older brother jack gets hit in the arm by bronson and then the shootout unfolds bunch of dudes die irals runs away uh, with his dudes bronson shoots the oil barrels like he's playing virtual cop and eyebrows is just yelling for his i i think his right hand man is nick and uh he's like nick wait and nick just like takes off and leaves him there uh bronson shoots the other younger romero and then shoots um eyebrows in the in the leg he slowly walks up to eyebrows is super casual like and uh and he's holding that he's it's just like basically where they got the image from the poster he's holding it against the the rifle against his shoulder and I, eyebrows asks who who he is, and Bronson's like, "Dude, you like this? I'm I'm the one that set all this up, man. Like you, this girl died." And he, and eyebrows sees the photo of Erica, and he's like, "I don't know what the hell that is." And he's like, "Yeah, well, eat this bullet," and he kills him. <laughs> and um, and the lieutenant is pissed at the detective, um, the partner of uh, Nozaki. I never bothered learning that guy's name. Screw that guy. The lieutenant's mad at that Nozaki's partner uh, because all this stuff went off, you know, popped off, and there's this huge gang riot fight battle thing. And this is all while the partner's trying to get Bronson and wasting his time. So now Rich White wants to meet with Bronson now. And it's kind of odd because he wants to meet him in such a very inconspicuous area. It's like in the freaking middle of nowhere. Rich White's driver tells Bronson something about like, oh yeah, the boss is busy and you got some last minute stuff to do, but just walk, just get into the limo and I'm gonna take us there. So Bronson walks in, and it's really, I mean, he 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 jumps into the the limo, and it's really funny because then the limo driver just starts walking past the limo, and he's just like walking into a different car. And Bronson's hand, like the way Bronson reacts to it is so funny. It's like you're trying to get the attention of a guy selling beer at the at the ball game. He's just like, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know why it just it. I had to rewind that because it just made me laugh. Bronson's hay is the best. Um, and so anyway, so then Bronson realizes, oh, crap, something's going to go on. So luckily he he came armed, which I don't know why he came armed to see the guy he's been working with this whole time. But I guess it was a good idea. Shoots out the back window, gets out the window, car explodes. He's like, oh, shit, like shit was going down. So Bronson ends up going, um, uh, going back to the um, – he ends up going to Rich White's place, that mansion. And and it's really weird because he forces his way into the property and he meets this other rich white guy. And uh, this guy is like, oh, no, I'm, you know, whatever that guy's name is. And he's like, what? What the hell? So it turns out that rich white was pretending to be 
this rich white, but it was a whole different rich white guy. Uh, you following that? And so then Bronson ends up getting stopped by uh, 5-0. They arrest him. And he's like, what did you arrest me for? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. Get in the freaking car. And so they arrest him. They put him in the police car. They're taking off. And yeah, like you were taking me downtown. What's going on? Y'all are going west. And the, guys, the cops are like, shut the hell up, man. So Bronson starts getting that feeling like, oh, something's afoot. Speaking of a foot, Bronson just starts kicking the cage in the back of the police car and just kicking it and kicking it. This 60-something-year-old, like 65-year-old man is kicking down this cage in the police car. And apparently it's so... Um, it's such an intense thing for this cop driving that he just runs the car into another car and it flips over. Bronson's fine, though. You know, I think because he's at that old age where it's almost like you're a baby again. You're kind of like rag dolly, so you don't really break bones and shit. So he gets right out of the car. Of course, the two other cops are pretty knocked out. He gets the keys from one of the cops and takes off his, his cuffs and he takes off from there. So he got away with it. Um, and this is a, one of my favorite parts of the movie. So we now we see Rich White and his full like who he is persona because he's just been pretending to be like a very like distinguished person so he goes from like basically rich rich white goes from like an aristocrat to a, like a chicago bears fan from the 80s like the way he talks it's just so it's such a turn that it's like cartoony um but you know what i kind of dug it and so some of eyebrows dudes are now working for rich white um so this is all like a thing that he has planned out for quite a bit and so now um now he wants to get karen to bring in bronson like so basically his bait and Karen gets easily set up because, you know, she gets a call from that dude that she talked to like an hour ago in the movie. And he tells her like, hey, um, I'll give you information now. Let's meet up with me in this Bronco. And you'll see me in the back. I don't know, whatever she was. And so she ends up getting kidnapped. And um, and it's it's kind of funny then because right after that, Nozaki's partner comes into the room of uh, Bronson's apartment. I think he was already in there. And Bronson walks in and he's just hanging out on a chair he confronts bronson it's so funny because he has, he's got like a gun pointed at bronson and stuff and like obviously this isn't bronson's first rodeo like he's like hey calm your jets man like, you don't get it your partner was crooked and you know of course the partner doesn't want to hear any of that he doesn't believe him the exchange is kind of hilarious um because zaki's partner is like so you set up everything that went down at the oil fields and it's really funny because Bronson just like nonchalantly says like, yeah, I'm the vigilante, remember? Like, you've seen you've seen the other Death Wishes, right? Um, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like it's not heroic sounding at all. It's like, yeah, I am. You remember I'm the vigilante? Um, he couldn't have like a line kind of like, I'm Batman. I wish he had. It would have been dope. Well, the partner still doesn't believe him about all this. and um, But Karen ends up calling from Rich White's phone and tells Bronson, like she's leaving a message because Bronson's kind of stuck with the partner with a gun holding a gun to him um and it's it's karen like asking him her name's karen right i think yeah and she's like telling bronson like um i've been kidnapped come help me and then rich white gets on the phone and is like get your ass over here so then bronson wants to call or answer the call but the partner won't let him but bronson's like screw you he goes up to the phone he hits the partner's gun with a phone. They don't make phones like this anymore. My my parents had this red rotary phone for years, like years. And I'm not kidding. Like just with the handle of the phone, much less the base. The base you could really knock someone out with. But even the handle of the phone was, was pretty hard and dense. And so he like knocks the gun out of the partner's hand and then just freaking clocks him with the solid haymaker. And the dude just like gets knocked out cold pretty much and bronson takes off and gets into his car and this is kind of funny because this also made me speaking of like him being so nonchalant about like yeah you remember i'm a vigilante this also kind of bums me out because um then you, you kind of want bronson to have like a his own bat cave you know what i mean like it'd be cool if he had like a secret room but no he moves a refrigerator out of the way he's got more like a bat cabinet you know, it's like behind the refrigerator and he opens it and there's all his guns and stuff that I, I don't know. I guess he got from Rich White, but he probably owns some of his own, too. Um, I just wanted him to have more, you know, it's also a good time to mention his car. Like he doesn't have like a cool car. He drives like a Oldsmobile uh, Toronado. I mean, it would be even it would it wouldn't it wouldn't be the best car. But even if he had like a Cutlass Supreme, 
you know 1986 cutlass supreme that would be dope in a full black one like but no he's in that car and it's like a blue color it's just it's like what your mom's it's like what your friend's mom picked you up in to go to the dollar movies when you're like in fifth grade anyway so that just bummed me out but he goes into the parking garage we're back in a parking garage everybody and uh he's driving around and he sees he sees um rich white in his car and rich white's kind of flickering his lights like hey come over here because bronson's just basically sitting in the parking lot doing nothing so then bronson decides to kind of drive up to the car and the next thing you know a van comes in and just bops his car super hard they get out and they just start shooting like crazy at the car and you slowly start seeing rich white turn into like a maniacal crazy cartoon person because <laughs> he's just like oh, oh yes yeah shoot it he just has he just looks insane and so the next thing you know of course in classic bronson style he's he comes out of like a little um concrete pillar that's in the parking garage and he has like this giant grenade launcher rifle gun and he just like blows up the i think he blows up the van initially and then one of the henchmen jumps into a car and he's like, I ain't having nothing to do with this. Like, he's all the explosion. He's like, screw this. He starts taking off, but he goes like the literal speed limit that you have in the parking garage is like five miles per hour. So Bronson has plenty of time to just blow up his car. And when Bronson blows his up, Rich White is like, oh shit, like this is getting real. And that's when he decides he needs to get the hell out of there. So they start going up the stairs into a roller rink which he already has like guys cycling through like they're kind of walking through so i don't know if rich white owns his roller rink or if he was expecting like if things went bad we we're gonna need to go to the roller rink um which i guess is kind of genius because it's dark there's tons of music tons of people it's pretty easy to get away from somebody and so bron there's a big shooting thing going on in the garage and bronson follows him into the staircase up to the roller rink and bronson gets out and rich white tells one of his guys like hey watch out for this you know vigilante character we gotta blow this dude away and uh so then bronson works his way up the stairs for that final showdown people are scattered everywhere because then bronson gets makes eye contact with one of the henchmen and they start shooting at each other and let me tell you this scene hurt this scene hurt arcade machines were lost in this movie and it's a shame. It was really hard to see Dig Dug just get blown up by Bronson's gun. Um, and so a bunch of dudes die. There's just a huge-ass gunfight. But you know what the good news is? I think Mr. Do survived. <laughs> Mr. Do survived the gunfight. So then um, so everyone's scattered out. A bunch of the henchmen are gone. And Rich White is just holding Karen hostage. And he's yelling kind of like Christopher George and Enter the Ninja at Bronson. <laughs> Bronson! And uh, the right-hand man tries to sneak up on Bronson. But luckily, you know, in roller rinks, one of the classic staples are tons of mirrors. So he see, Bronson sees him right away, gets rid of him. And he chases after Rich White who's uh sporting one hell of a gold necklace by the way rich white works his way out of the building with karen and karen freaks out for some reason um i mean i i mean i i get it like it's a scary situation you got this crazy dude holding you hostage and she scratches his face doesn't do any damage i guess she files her nails or something because his face looks completely fine but it looks like she scratched his face she starts running and he just blows her away with his like uzi and he sees bronson coming out toward him in the bushes and he tries to um i guess reload his his gun and it's either lodged or he's out of bullets i don't know he doesn't say and i don't know enough about guns to, to be able to tell just from a sound but rich white sees bronson and instead of like running like i would have done or <laughs> distracting him or even throwing the gun his way he just starts to yell at him uh very confident like he's like um what is the line he's saying he's saying something like um oh he says uh he warned him he's like i warned you i'd kill her i warned you like he's just saying it over and over again and then this might be one of the best and there's been some really good death wish final kills like this is like honestly this is what the movie's about other than the first one the rest of them are kind of about like that final showdown which there's tons of action movies like that but it's just something special about seeing bronson execute these things 
And so he's like telling her, I told you I'd kill her. Bronson aims the grenade launcher and just shoots it straight at Rich White. And Rich White just turns into like a 4th of July firework gone wrong. It's like if you tried to blow up one of those big fireworks that explodes like huge giant colors. But it just it just exploded like two feet in the air. And um, it is so good. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, it's good old Death Wish. What do you want from it? And um, the partner comes out of nowhere. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about you. The stupid partner comes out of nowhere and he tries to arrest Bronson, um, but he kind he bitches out because Bronson's like, "Do what you have to do," and he walks away. And uh, once again, the cops are absolutely useless in the end. He doesn't do anything. He lets Bronson just walk away. The cops in this movie affect nothing. Like I don't, the scenes make, don't matter. I don't know why they even included them. But you could have just had more Bronson or more Rich White or something, you know. But instead, we waste time on these cops that have no real effect. You could have had the Crooked Cop and just had way less scenes with them. But anyway, that's the end of the movie. You get yourself some sexy saxophone starts playing. And God damn it, we just seen a good old Death Wish movie. That's the way it goes. So um, the next... Uh, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> There's a lot of characters in this movie. And uh, this next segment in the Mustachio podcast here was called Quick Impression. Quick Impressions. Read my lips. Cops, policemen, and you're going to die like she died. Kiss your white ass goodbye, my man. That probably wasn't that good because I don't really remember how he sounded. But that, that's the impression of the guy when he kills that, that teenager boyfriend that looked like he was 40. All right. So now, was this worth watching? So this is, I'm, I'm just going to give a recommendation. But I'm going to put a little mustachio twist on this, right? So I'm going to rate these the movies in this podcast from my favorite mustaches to the mustaches I can't stand right so for a full recommendation we're talking Fu Manchu it's one of my favorite stashes if it's worth a watch we're talking about a walrus stash like a good walrus stash if it's eh you know we're talking about a horseshoe stash if it's I want to forget it we're talking about a toothbrush stash you know what a toothbrush stash is it's the Hitler stash so that's definitely I want to forget it I actually give this movie a Fu Manchu full recommendation if you if you've watched any of the death wishes don't stop at three go ahead and watch four and you know what go ahead and watch five as well they're fantastic movies they're just fun romps um i don't know there's just something magical about it um i feel like this one is a little too complicated for its own good at some points it's a little too damn long but you got bronson in his advanced age he's doing you know He's doing his thing. Um, he, they, the movie really depends on gunplay because obviously having him do a lot of physical stuff just wasn't going to happen. Um, the few things he does do, some of it is pretty good. Like that one right-hand punch that he does to the partner is pretty dope. Like it's just, He's good with those real quick ones. He's just not good when it's like a long fighting sequence. It's just not going to work. But he does have some of the best one-liners in this movie. And... Pretty much every antagonist is really entertaining to watch. Like they're like perfect 80s gold. The, the special effects are super low budget, um, which is almost laughable and probably were laughable back then. I know, I think I read that Canon had, they are pretty much running out of money and they gave very little money for this in fourth installment. So they were weren't they weren't working with much in the first place. But you know, that's just the way it goes, man. You got to work with what you got. I think if I could have changed things, um, it would have been awesome to see, to bring back Jeff Goldblum from the first one, right? He's like completely changed his life. He's living in LA now. He's got like a family and shit. And then Bronson sees him and all of a sudden there's a turn. Now Bronson's the hunter, right? And he, he wants the exact revenge because it's always bothered me that like Bronson never got back at the dudes that actually did did the the killing in the first movie like he kills a bunch of other dudes like because he's mad but <laughs> he never actually gets back at the guys that did it 
So it'd be kind of interesting. And then maybe like a cat and mouse situation, maybe Jeff Goldblum's like becomes bad again. And like, I don't know, there could be something there. There could have been something there. But, you know, other than that, like um, the movie itself is good. I like the concept of it. It's just a little, it's just, like I said, it's a little complicated for its own good. But you know what? All the antagonists are super entertaining and they're just, 80s gold like everyone all the bad guys are 80s gold i love it so anyway i recommend i recommend death wish for the crackdown um stick around i next week I'm, i think i'm going to try to release this like every monday but don't hold me to it i'll i'll make like a social media page and stuff i don't really have any plugs other than other than that this should be <laughs> that you should be getting another episode of this podcast next monday um and I'm going to just try to keep this going as long as I can. If y'all have any recommendations, feel free to send them my way. There's no guarantee I'll actually take your recommendations. But if it makes you feel like you're doing something, like like you're achieving something, do it. Like, hey, man, that's life. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if I do like a recommendation, I'll let you know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I will be speaking in your ear holes uh, soon. Laters.